Hey there, family. It's your sisters, Kay and Shyla, and we are so excited to be bringing you the topic today, one of our favorite subjects, the inner roommate. Ooh, if you have an inner sis in your head or maybe an inner bro who's sometimes constructive but sometimes destructive, join the club. We're all here together, and today we're tackling that subject. So get ready, buckle up, and tune in because this is going to be a great episode of the Kay and Shy Show. Hey family, welcome to this week's main topic of the Kay and Shy Show. Boy, do we have a good one for you. In today's longer form episode, we're going to be addressing, as you heard us say, one of our favorite topics. This is the singular most aha topic for Kay and I that helps shift our perspective uh, more than anything else. Now we want to take you back. Let's do the rewind. (laughs) Rewind back to 2019 when Shyla and I encountered a work called The Untethered Soul by an author named Michael Singer. And we're going to dive deep into that into one of the mini-sodes this week. Uh, But back in 2019, we both encountered this work. Actually, Shyla encountered it first and then came to me and said, oh my God, you have to, you have to read it. And, uh, and I did. And it was absolutely life-changing. Well, it was one of those things, too, where I was watching a podcast episode from Tony Robbins' podcast on YouTube, and I don't normally watch those, but I just clicked onto it and heard him and Sage recommending this book, The Untethered Soul, and they said that they've given it to everyone they care about for the past following Christmases. And I thought, if this is a book that's good enough for the Robbins to give away, then this is definitely a book that is worth reading and listening to. And and as Kay said, we'll dive more into that book in one of our mini-sodes later this week. But what the biggest takeaway for us was is that can be boiled down into the statement, you are not the voice inside your head. Now, many of us have the idea or at least the knowledge that it's important to have a positive mindset, that positive thinking can be good for your life. And I I think a lot of us try to implement positive thinking, but then find ourselves in this space where maybe that inner narrative isn't so positive and it happens automatically without you really even being intentional about it. And this idea that positive thinking is good for you, uh, but sometimes you work against yourself in that way. I think it's something that struck home with us because there is this separation between the intentional positive thinking thoughts that you have and that constant inner narration that, frankly, never shuts up. (laughs) It's that separation from that narration that was so impactful for us. Let's just unpack that a little bit. Understanding that there is a subject-object relationship between you and everything you interact with, right? If somebody holds up a picture in front of you and says, do you see this? You say, yes, right? Well, then they hold up another picture and they say, do you see this? And you say, yes. Now, Who saw that? Was it the same person that saw both pictures? Obviously, the answer is yes here, which helps demonstrate to you that you are not what you look at, right? You are the person inside looking at it. Now, let's bring that a little bit closer to home. What about your body? Now, if you can look at your body, if you can experience it, then it is the object and not the subject. It is the experiencer and not the experience itself. And that means that if you can hear the voice in your head, then that is the object and you are the listener to that voice, which means you are the subject, the soul, the energy, the currency, whatever you want to call that, that awareness inside that consciousness 
is what you are on the deepest level and you're not that voice. So, okay, bringing it back to what you just said, it's that inner narration, right? That's the job of your mind. To blah, 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 blah. It's narrating your entire life con- continuously. But for lots of us, we just completely get consumed in identifying our entire beings and selves with that voice. And this separation allows you to not always believe what the voice says. Well, that degree of separation was certainly helpful for us as we began to explore who exactly is that listener, right? The fact that you can even hear a thought in the first place, right? I hear thoughts like who is I in that situation? And this might seem a little maybe esoteric, but hang with us here because you have a real biological function in your brain for that inner narration. Now your inner narration comes as a result of your patterns of thinking up until this point. Now you have established patterns of thinking because over time you gained responses to the outside world around you, particularly responses to pain and responses to pleasure. You tried something out as a kid. Maybe you got up on your bike for the first time and you fell right off. Well, you had an inner narration or an inner monologue that probably established at that time, either I'm the type of person who gets back on the bike and tries again, or I'm the type of person who backs down. And then your voice goes ahead and narrates in that theme for just about the rest of your life. Oh my gosh, this is such an intricate subject and and it's simple, but kind of complex. And so hoping that we can just belabor it a little bit so that it is clear because it is so impactful that uh, that that separation, that ability to understand that that narration is a function of your mind, right? If we think about how the brain developed, it developed those lizard brains first, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, those responses to your nature and to your circumstances and your experience and what's coming in from outside. Then we get the frontal lobe that develops later and with that comes language well of course if we're going to articulate outside externally then our mind is going to develop that skill on the inside which means it's doing its job it's just articulating a narration to you based on what you've told are your uh, told your brain what your preferences are and what the outcomes are that you want obviously very helpful in a, in a hunter-gatherer type society but in modern society that voice goes into overdrive trying to protect us from the things we've told it are going to hurt us, that are harmful, that we want to avoid. And so it constructs all of these mental gymnastics and and, um, apparatus around us so that we can do our best to craft the inside world to make us feel the best. And so our voice, while not always constructive, is always trying to help us. What we know about that safe inner world and that many people uh, have heard it referred to is that this is the comfort zone, right? And what do we know about growth? Well, growth happens outside that comfort zone. So if you're the type of person like your sisters here that love to intentionally grow, then you are purposefully seeking experiences outside your comfort zone. But here's the thing, your inner narration's job is to keep you comfortable. It's its literal job. And so it will do all kinds of really tricky things to get you to not venture out beyond that comfort zone. And and it's really subtle and covert when it's happening. And because it's been happening your whole life, sometimes we don't even realize that it's going on. Right. And if whatever you've seen modeled for you or whatever got you the result that you were looking for as a kid can then be adapted as into a, to a belief system or a thinking pattern that if you're not conscious of it, you can just push play on it for the rest of your life. Right. Someone cuts you off in traffic and you always saw your dad getting frustrated 
offended and mad at that person. And now that situation happens to you and you push play on that inner voice inside of you that says, that jerk, I can't believe it, the nerve of that person. And you vocalize it. And now you've created that experience for yourself. Even though there's all other alternatives for how to react in that situation, you decided that was how you were going to react to that situation. And then you continue to push play on that narrative over and over in your head. And maybe you love your narrative. Uh, honestly, me and my voice have a pretty good relationship at this point. Like it's my cheerleader. It's my best friend. And we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can do that and mold your voice as well. But first, starting with this awareness piece that you don't have to identify with the voice and you don't have to listen to it always helps open up those possibilities of other approaches. Before we get into the steps that you can take to help that inner critic become your inner cheerleader, we do want to just identify that there are four ways that your inner narration shows up in your mind. Now, these come in the form of inner speech. You've heard us talk a lot about that, that inner communication, inner narration, inner seeing, your imagination, the ability to conjure up pictures. This comes in your emotions, right? You feel and you sense emotions that comes through your brain through a, a chemical soup that happens when, the, when you have sensory to the outside world. And then sensory awareness, right? I'm hungry is a sensation that your brain is processing. Now that might come forward in, in the view of a, a narrative, some the voice in the head saying, I'm hungry, or it might come forward in the form of a picture, right? A sensory awareness causes some form of reaction in your brain that then leads you to take an action. But you are experiencing these four things all the time. Some, some researchers even say up to 4,000 times per minute which is insane. This research was blowing us away. Think about what you hear in this 4,000 words per minute, according to one study, is how much we talk to ourselves. Now, in comparison, the American president's State of the Union address usually is about 6,000 words and lasts more than an hour. So that voice inside your head can talk so fast and process so many thought patterns that we're not even consciously aware of all of them. But what we are consciously aware of is that experience experience of those four um, categories that Kay just went over, what some of those words are saying, what that feeling is inside of our body, what that sensory adaptation is. And with those things, then we kind of amalgamate and put together what we say is our identity, but realizing that we don't have to be that and that there's awareness around how we can shift our consciousness is what we want to shift into next after we hear a quick word from our sponsors. We've had some really cool access to some really cool people, and we want to share it with you. We have an amazing interview series of some of the interviews we've done with celebrities like Dr. Deborah Tillman, America's super nanny, Dr. Joseph McClendon III, famous neuropsychologist, uh, former professor of UCLA. We've got Dr. Bruce Lipton, author of Beyond Belief, and we even have John Maxwell, the number one leadership expert. Your sisters want to bring you into the room with our most exclusive access. So go to kandshy.com. Right there on the homepage, you will see a button that says, get my celebrity interview series. And we would love to share our access with you. K-A-Y-A-N-D-S-H-I.com. We'll see you over there. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Do you want what you want sooner rather than later? 
Do you find yourself growing more effectively in environments where people are growing alongside you? Well, we have the conference for you. Do you love going to events as much as we do? Then you want to be in the room for the Further Faster Conference happening October 29th and October 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, the Further Faster Conference is headlined by our dear friend, mentor, and business partner, Joseph McClendon III. And trust us, you're going to want to be in the room. This is two days jam-packed of material that will help you grow personally and professionally. And if you're wondering how to make a million dollars in 10 years, you have to be in the room to hear the strategy that Joseph is going to share. It is phenomenal. Go to neuroencoding.com slash FFC to learn more about the Further Faster Conference coming at the end of October. We hope to see you in Vegas. And now back to the show. All right, friends, family, and your inner roommates, listen up because we have some tools for you. We are excited to share with you a little bit more about this inner roommate situation. Now, we like to we like this idea of picturing it as an inner roommate because it helps you, again, gain some of that separation from the voice inside your head, but also starts to put some of the power back into your hands, puts that driver's uh, wheel back into your hands and, and stops you from unnecessarily always letting that voice, that default protection narration, jump in the captain's seat and take the wheel. In fact, we were at a women's conference once speaking. We had an amazing session. We taught about the inner voice and the the ladies at the event created this, the bee in the attic, right? You've got this crazy bee up in the attic who sometimes isn't so nice to you, but comes down every once in a while with a plate of cookies. Well, let's talk about how to get that in line and help again, turn that inner critic into your inner cheerleader. Right. So that inner roommate, if you think about it, that inner critic, sometimes uh, when we personify it in this way and gain that separation, we can see that if this person existed on the outside. Can you imagine someone talking to you in real life the way your voice talks to you? You wouldn't keep them around. You would would call them absolutely insane and be like, excuse me, do not talk about my daughter, my spouse, my community, myself in that way, right? You think about somebody's supposed to call or text you and it's 5, 10, 15, 30, an hour later and they still haven't. What has that voice done inside of your head. Oh, all of the stories. It has the web. It has spun can often be so painful, so stressful, such a struggle and a challenge that then the hour goes by and you get the text. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I took a quick nap. I fell asleep. I'm ready if you're ready. And all of a sudden your inner roommate goes, oh good. Never mind. I knew I always loved them. Like B, you just put me through an hour of heck. (laughs) <laughs> H-E double st- hockey sticks for no reason. So why do we then just give all of the power right back to that voice? In a situation like that, it can be easy to see, but it does get very tricky, which is why I'm so glad we found some of these ways to gain that separation and better personify that inner critic. Right. Well, the, the present moment is really all we have, right? The future doesn't necessarily exist and the past has already gone away. And so when you're allowing your inner voice to steal your inner joy, it, it can take and suck the joy out of of your very existence and your life. And so it's really important to understand the separation and then start putting some boundaries in place, right? If you have to listen to 
to a voice talk or or watch a movie play in your mind, would it be better if maybe you had a little bit of a say in what gets played and what gets said, or maybe even just work in a more constructive direction for you? Because I know, like you said, Shai, sometimes like my inner voice is not so nice. Uh, and I think a lot of us can, come, can feel that and resonate with that. Um, but what we can tell you after working on this really hard over the last three or four years is that it does get better. Right. Well, if I'm not the voice, then what am I? I'm that soul. I'm I'm that consciousness. I'm that ability to choose what I focus on. And not always, right? Because consciousness is going to get distracted. Like the smell of coffee. Oh, that just brings in my consciousness like that. Like it's gonna, I'm going to smell it, whatever I was thinking about. Boop, that smell of coffee. Right. This happens to us all the time. This is totally natural. Your consciousness should be immersed in the present moment. But it often gets distracted by what the voice is saying or the narrative that it's bringing forward. And that can be really difficult. So getting that degree of separation helps us. And one of the things that we've heard a lot of experts in this field talk about is giving this voice a name or being able to give it some kind of personification that allows you to, again, gain more more distance from that because you do have control over it once you bring that awareness to it, right? Sometimes it's going to go derail, but once you bring awareness to it and you go, whoop, whoa, I'm not liking this narrative. Now you can decide if you can shift focus, if you can replace what it's saying, if you can flip it into something different. You've got a couple of options, but understanding that you do have control over it is step one because think about this right now. Can you say hello inside of your head? Scream it. You can't, right? Of course you can, because you have control over what that voice says when you have conscious awareness of it. And that's the point that's bringing us back into that present moment and giving us that control. So you have this option to, uh, once you have the separation, to kind of play some games, right? And you get to play games with this inner voice. If the inner voice is being mean to you, maybe try hearing that inner voice in a silly voice. I, I don't know why what's coming forward for me is like Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons, but okay. being like, you know, you just really look terrible in that dress, <laughs> right? And having that uh, kind of funny something that comes forward so that you take the voice less seriously over time, which helps to not reinforce those neuro pathways that then get you to believe what that voice says if that voice is being non-constructive. You know, one of the best tools that we've got in our toolbox is to, again, once you have that separation, start to interrogate that voice a little bit. I'm not going to let you in here with all of your sass and your angry messaging or your automatic patterns that don't serve me. What I'm going to do is start questioning when that voice comes forward, when I feel emotions stirring inside me that I don't like and say, you know what? Is what the voice saying right now true? Like, is it really, really true? 100%. Like, do I know that it is absolutely true what this voice is saying? And if there's even a shred of doubt inside of you, you have an opening into maybe a more constructive line of thinking. Well, what I love that you're touching on there, Kay, is that the piece that's called The Work, and it's from a book called Loving What Is. You've probably heard of it. It's one of the personal growth and development classics by Byron Katie. And one of the, actually two of the four questions that you ask yourself revolve around the truthfulness and honesty of what you are believing or thinking to yourself. So asking that question, is this true? Is it really true? And can I know that it's true? When you start to interrogate the voice like that, or even just bring the curiosity forward to what those assumptions are that are being presented to you, often you can diffuse the situation completely. Or you can say, right, like if the voice says to you, like, you are the ugliest person in the world, like, is that true? Like, yes, 
well, is that really true? Do you have a way to objectively know that that's true, right? I'm just being curious with that voice. Does it have to determine whatever the reality is and that's the say in it? No. And that's what's so beautiful. That's what's so empowering, I think, about this lesson came for us. And we were like, oh, okay. There's not just quiet the voice, right? Just meditate hard enough and the voice will be quiet. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Nope. Not, at least not in today's modern world for most of us. That's pretty impossible. But is there a way to direct the voice? Is there a way to diffuse the voice? Is there a way to empower and embrace the voice that helps us grow, I think, is really the transformative piece here. Now, I wanted to bring up a bit of a transformative voice example where very recently we found that actually one of Shyla's voices was being quite critical. And instead, we helped consciously turn that voice into a cheerleader. So we were at a conference and we kept noticing that everyone around the table was sitting like this. Slouching for those of you listening, super slouching, like 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 back. So like C curve, hunching, (laughs) like at the neck forward, the biggest slouch that you can possibly imagine. That's what was going on. And Ashai, it was so interesting to hear. You had like a verbal reflection where you got, you literally said out loud, gosh, Shyla, like, can't you just sit up straight? And then you said, that's not very constructive. I want to try a different approach. I've been really working on my posture and more so than just trying to work on my posture. I've been noticing and that's what step one is in all of these spiritual paths. Just notice who's noticing. I've been noticing that my voice inside, when I catch myself slouching, goes, oh my gosh, you pig, you lazy slouch, put your shoulders back. It's not that hard. It's like being super critical. And instead, what we've learned through this research, what we've learned <laughs> through the neuroscience, yeah, that's real constructive. What we've learned through neuroscience and through, through our spiritual teachings is that that is not a way to reinforce the behavior that you want. As soon as you find what it is that you want to correct and then you correct it to get down on yourself about it, that's not a way to reinforce patterns. The way to reinforce patterns is to celebrate when you catch yourself to end and then to pat yourself on the back and do that every single time you catch yourself. So I've been flipping the script and I vocalized that at this conference when I noticed I was slouching and I was like, oh, come on, shy, sit up straight, pull those shoulders back. It's not that hard. And then I said, I don't want to vocalize like that anymore. You know what? Way to go, shy. Way to catch that posture. I'm so proud of you to pull those shoulders back. That's how we stand proud and tall. And doesn't that just feel better? Like the energetic signature of of an interaction with yourself like that just feels better. You know what was so cool about that too, Shai, was that as you had vocalized it out loud and vocalized the shift, we all ended up starting finding ourselves in that hunched over position and saying, oh my gosh, Kay, way to go. You caught yourself. Now's your opportunity to straighten up. And then we even got to start holding each other accountable in a really playful and fun way when we would notice that the other would start hunching. We would be like, oh my gosh, Shai, way to go. I'm I'm recognizing you right now. And then we would shift into that higher posture posture. Um, So lots of cool ways that this manifests into a better internal experience for you in the moment, because when it comes down to it, it's about creating a more joyful and peaceful present moment so that you have better days and ultimately a better life. Now, upcoming this week, we've got all kinds of fun things for you, like another grab bag of tools and tricks that you can use uh, and maybe some dimensions to the voice that you haven't considered yet. So we hope you've enjoyed this long form episode and make sure you tune in the rest of the week for all of the mini sods and bite-sized snacks that will help illuminate more on this subject of the inner voice. Thanks, everybody. Remember, this is coming at you with love from your sisters, Kay and Shy. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. 
Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.